Pioneers of Esports podcast. Get ready. All right, so let's uh, let's kick this off pretty soon here. What do you think? Do you think we're about ready? You better hurry because I don't drink and I've already had like two shots worth of this. And oh God, we're gonna get gonna the real. Slurring. Well, with that said, that's a great introduction. A good way to introduce Robin Mihara. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, happy to be here. Great. So. Um, I, one of the first questions that I'm going to want to ask you is, of course, I just want to hear some of the background of of uh, of what it is. Why why did we bring you on this show? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, video game wise, uh, probably the first thing people know about me is the NWC. I came in what I call third, but technically is just third in the uh, most talented age category, twelve to seventeen. Uh, truth be told. Truth be told, I think I was probably tied with Rich Ambler for fourth best, but a couple players, my high score that contest was 2.9 million. There were a couple, and I think Rich's was also. And uh, there were a couple guys who were better, but just didn't perform as well. One of them being Jeff Falco, who actually was just a hair worse than Thor, and he was a DAS player of Tetris. Yeah, yeah. So in some ways, maybe he was a better player than Thor. Jeff Falco was incredible, and he also went to my um, Capcom contest, which I'll mention, and he was in Chris Tang's Rock the Rock contest. So he is like a very well-rounded um, retro gaming champion and should be at some of these things that we go to. But um, Thor just uh, got in contact with him after years of searching, and the guy came and visited. He has nothing to do with video games anymore, and uh, I think he's a crazy guy like he was when he was young. But it would be great to... Uh, eventually get him out here because he at least during 1990 he had the best personality of all of this like super confident chicago accent like mm -hmm. i don't know he was a great dude well but, I, I can i can tell you that that name keeps coming up for, yeah. for fans who have been watching the past couple episodes you might remember that name from uh from from chris's uh chris's interview here he talked quite a bit about jeff falco as well so that oh, that's good. a name that keeps coming up I, so <laughs> Before I continue, can you tell me what this podcast is? Because I didn't, I just was asked <laughs> to be interviewed. This well, is your historian, or Chris? Why don't you go ahead and take that one since this is your brainchild? Yeah, I mean, the past, like I met Dorian last year at PRGE, and we, we, you and I did the panel, you and Thor and I and Vince and Chris, yeah, and Rebecca Heineman was there at the at the show, but. I, I didn't put the math together that that was the same as Bill Heineman, who won the original Atari Space Invaders Championship in 1980. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that, I, I, that's her. So we have this community of people that don't even know each other. We're passing by like ships in the Portland fog. Yeah. And I, I figured, let's start a Facebook page or something. Let's get these stories and these <laughs> together. And the Facebook group was born right after that. And we, we got that first initial surge of people coming in and it hasn't really grown again since then. And I figured, well, let's the next step, let's make a podcast and get these stories to tape. Let's get these oral histories down. Let's have some fun. Let's intermingle with each other. And maybe I'll write a book someday. I don't know, but I, I, I kind of want to be that guy who's the link between the Atari age people and the Nintendo people from 90 and my people from 2015. And I, I think that we have these stories that if, if we don't tell them, they're going to get forgotten. So thanks for being guest number three in honor of your third place finish. Hey, perfect. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we planned that. Oh, so well. Yeah. 
And, you know, and, and I think that to Chris's point, I think that the most important thing to me, I, I believe in preservation of history. I mean, you can see behind me, I'm all about that, right? So I, I think that this podcast will do a great job of, of just preserving some of that history from back then. I mean, I was a finalist in 94, and I know some of the stories that I have are pretty outrageous, especially considering, you know, the, the crew that I hung out with, known as the Jersey Boys back then. Six of the finalists all came from the same area. And so just knowing that my my stories are, are, are preserved in my head, I want to get some of the stories from everybody else that I haven't heard yet. Like, Robin, since we just met recently, I don't know your story, which is exactly why we've asked you to come and join us today. Okay. Well, just to run down uh, how people might know me first, uh, there was NWC, third place, slightly overachieved. I was always, uh, I mean... Don't count the last few years, but I've always been really good at performing when the pressure was on, when other people kind of tighten up. Um, I think that's actually a product of ADD, where I'm like kind of spacey, but when there's a lot of pressure, I like am able to focus. Mm. Um, then uh, in '91, the following year, there was a another national contest. I went to 30 cities, took one champion from every city, and then played in a grand finals in Disneyland called the Disney Capcom Play Tour. Mickey Mouse, That's I came amazing. in first in the nation with that. Uh, I wanted to beat Thor as a redemption, but he was too old. It was 14 and under, and he was like a year or a year and a half older than me. So he uh, just graduated out of that age group, huh? Right. Uh, Jeff Falco was there. He didn't make the top 10 out of us, so I didn't see him in the finals. And was any other NWC player there? Nick Whitelessbach. Whitelessbach, yeah. Yeah, he was there as a tutor to his cousin. He had tutored his cousin all the way to the end. And he I remember him telling me he was so disappointed in himself because he, I don't know if you guys are familiar with DuckTales, but in the Amazon, mm -hmm. three quarters of the way through, you can like do this pogo and find That's a hit rope. And he didn't know about that. And he was so upset with himself. But like, <laughs> it's kind of like a basic shortcut. And he didn't right. even know and his cousin didn't make it as far as he wanted to but that's great i'm looking for, i'm adding these names as i because i i have a uh, master list of all these finalists so i'm adding this to your uh play tour list as as we go on so he was a finalist in 90 else there he is so i actually have the spelling right now too so Are you talking about nick, nick was not a finalist but he was there as a guest and he was like the oh. older brother tutor to his cousin never mind then so yeah. there, there were there were two brothers, Nick and ooh, can I not remember Nick's brother's name? I believe that one was a finalist, uh, and the other was not. It might was it Nick and ah whatever. I can't remember the other name, but uh, they're both out of out of Ohio, I believe. Right? Is that where you were competing at the uh, time? Cincinnati. Or? Cincinnati. That's right. Yes. Oh, that's what, yeah. That's... <laughs> come, come to think of it, I won the city of Cincinnati in '94, and he was one of the competitors there, which is oh. why I knew him. So very cool. Yeah. So a uh, small world either way though, I'm sure eventually we'll, uh, we'll be able yeah. to talk to Nick too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, to continue on, um, 2009 ish, mm -hmm. uh, PRGE Portland retro gaming expo had an expo. They invited me there I'm trying to remember if I was speaking. I think I just asked Rick Weiss, who's one of the, organizers if Great i guy. could hold a small nwc contest with repros um just for fun 
And I brought three TVs and three Nintendos. And oh, my true motivation for it was I wanted my son, who was maybe six years old at the time, to win a little trophy. I wanted him to like have a glimpse of how fun that is. Yeah. And so here, this is really pathetic, but I made a trophy strictly for six and under, and he was six. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> and awesome. And the, the prize for anyone over six was like a T-shirt or something. Um, and he won against one other child that competed at his age group and beat nice. him badly and was a little bit cocky about it. He was like pumping his uh, fist. Oh, <laughs> wonder where I got that from. Yeah. The kid was like two years younger than him, too. It was really sad. But... Uh, during that contest, I was I was holding it, and I was I mentioned I had ADD. I was pretty whacked out on ADD meds. Mm-hmm. A director came up to me named Adam Cornelius, and he had started um, he, he had kickstarted a short on Harry Hong, who he believed was the first ever he believed was the best Tetris player in the world because he was the first person on YouTube to show a max out score. And he had actually flown, got a bunch of footage of him playing. He'd kickstarted it. And a guy named Trey Harrison had uh, grabbed the big producer number of a thousand dollars because he wanted that credit. <laughs> and I think the entire thing was maybe 1600. So Trey was like the, by far the biggest um, oh, yeah. contributor. contributor. And Trey also was an NWC finalist, by the way, just for nope. the record. No, he 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 was not. He was there, but he was not one of the finalists. Okay, okay. Thanks from for the contest to contest, at the end, it was like when I won, I won with two or one point nine million in the middle of the tour. Second place was one point two or something. It was I was by far the best. By the time the end of the contest, the final one where Rich Ambler won, there were all these great players playing. Trey was a three million player. So Trey was better oh. than me and still lost. Oh. Rich won that thing. The the top seven of 12 to 17 for the final city, which was Tampa Bay, was like all over two millions. Like they were all great, <laughs> great players and would have just steamrolled the, the first half of the, of the tour. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad to think about like how many great players never made it. But Trey was one of those guys. And it's part of why he's so into it. It's like, I don't know. Feel like he never quite grasped. He never that. got his. He never got his moment. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. So, uh, why don't you talk <laughs> to me a little bit about that? You mentioned something that you know that rings dear to me, which is traveling around to the different shows and whatnot. How many shows did you attend? Uh, I went to three, and that was Portland. My uncle handed me a newspaper and showed me Mario's face. And uh, I had always wanted there to be a contest because I was so good at a stupid machine. Uh, and I had never played Tetris. Or I think he had actually, my uncle had rented it for me once and I kind of hated it. Like I got a Tetris or two and I was like, okay, I mastered this. Or I had no idea <laughs> <laughs> anything about the game, but I did not enjoy it. Um, so when the contest started, uh, and I also... I'm not sure if I played Rad Racer, but it's kind of like if you're good at video games, you've played Rad Racer, whether or not you played it, right? Right. Um, my high was 790,000. I almost broke 800. And that was maybe good enough to win an early city, but uh, in Portland, I think the winning score was 1.1. 1. 1. Um, so, yeah, so I lost in Portland, but there was a kid 
named Kenny Welch. This is actually kind of documented in a lot of articles, but um, he was a city chaser, as they call them. And his parents had money, and he was flying from city to city, and he was phenomenal. He was scoring over $2 million all the time. And as a 700,000 player, I just remember looking at him. First of all, he was the first person ever that was better than me at any video game, period. And he was so much better that I thought, mm. originally I thought he must have memorized this. Like, how is he slamming them <laughs> down so fast? And I, I was in awe. And it was also like this perfect, there's sometimes you watch somebody who's great at a video game and it's a little bit too fast for you to really understand how good they are. But yeah. I think Tetris, NES Tetris, it's kind of cool because you are like kind of tracking how they're thinking, just kind of in awe of, like what, even when I watched Jonas today, it's kind of like, I never would have thought of that. And like, he's doing things three steps ahead. Whereas if he was doing things 10 steps ahead, I would just kind of be lost and be like, yeah, right. the same. If I watch a, a current Tetris player, right. Like, exactly. Drop, I'm just sort of shrug and be like, yeah, that's incredible. But I don't know what they're thinking. Cause it's Adam Cornelius once said, it's just like watching popcorn. <laughs> like It's just it's exploding <laughs> everywhere. You don't even know what's going on. Yep. That's why we didn't include it really in the movie is, is because it wasn't really, for the layman to watch, you couldn't be as impressed as if you were just being a step behind while viewing is so much more, like more enjoyable than being 30 steps behind. That's esports in general, though. Like if you can't follow the action, what I mean, you, you have to like know the game to understand what's going on and you'll never grow your audience where classic Tetris championship, you, you can follow it. It's, I, yeah. yeah, you're pointing out the classic problem with today's esports and some of the way that they're they're trying to get around that is through some very high production value where you have multiple camera angles you have, I mean, but it's so hard for master to control to figure out who do we follow and who do we do this to your point with Tetris. There's one screen. Well, with the older Tetris, obviously with TGM and the, I don't, I don't want to use acronyms with the grandmaster and some of the newer versions of Tetris. Community. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit harder for uh, just random, random people who aren't familiar with Tetris. It's harder for them to follow it because things just appear on the screen with the quick drop and locks and stuff of that nature. So Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you that the classic Tetris and the reason why I think the tournaments are doing so well here in America is because it's easy to follow. They had their they had record numbers watching and shout outs to Trey and to Vince and to Adam and all of those guys. Heck, shout out by the shirt that I'm wearing today. Very right? cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So shout out to the to them for doing such an amazing show. I mean, I've been to Portland for a few years in a row now. Uh, they've been trying to get me out there for years. I was happy to say that I've been going out there lately, and I absolutely love what they're doing. And and I agree with you. I think that it's the right way to go. And to see the the Tetris company starting to recognize that uh, that people still love this game, it's exciting to me. Good, yeah, I'm very proud of them, and I can't believe where it's gone. That 10 million views, or whatever, of that one year is just yeah. kind of unbelievable. It's getting to the point. Somebody made a point recently. Well, once something reaches a certain level, like all of a sudden, like douches start leaking in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the comment section turns really toxic and um so is there like a formula that includes douche in there so it's you know x plus douche equals... like 50 fold the original yeah I, yeah, I don't yeah. exactly but exponential yeah. growth equals douche yeah <laughs> indeed um so yeah anyway to get back who's holding this contest adam says hi to me i was high on Dexedrine. 
Wiggly. <laughs> I don't really remember this, but if I don't know if you've ever taken anything like that, Ritalin or something, you have a lot of confidence. You're talking a lot. Um, apparently, I convinced him to scrap his project and to shoot a feature-length movie, and I believe this was one of my selling points, starring me, finding <laughs> the world's best Tetris player, which is just crazy. Now, here's the funny thing, is that he wrote me the next day, uh, he emailed me and said, you know what, you're right, let's do it, you're my star, when do you want to start? And I didn't remember what he meant. I kind of was like, I must have convinced him to do this but it's just crazy like i had taken a couple extra pills and i was like crazy confident and i just like changed <laughs> the history of Tetris. holy crap yeah i did not know that yeah that's yeah, uh, it's, I, like, it's kind of embarrassing but that's how it really truly began and we went over there and um immediately i mean he knew that i knew everyone i had just kind of met thor a year prior and um I had talked to Jonas about playing Thor, and here's how dumb naive I was. When I talked to Jonas, I was like, well, yeah, Thor now plays this kind of keyboard Tetris. Would you be interested in playing him like like that? And jo Jonas had never played on a keyboard. So, like thinking that that was just going to translate perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jonas was like, well, I don't really play on a keyboard, but it'd be fun, I guess. And But yeah, eventually we realized that NES is the way to do it. Sure. But um, yeah, so that's how that started. And... Uh, movie shot for probably a year and was an editing for a year um, and did very well critically and uh, very proud of it. And um, then, yeah, that's about it. I mean, this other trophy, the gold one was a contest that was somewhat recent three or four years ago. And uh, the games that were in it, you probably couldn't have handpicked a better set of games for me to win. a contest. Oh yeah. So it was uh, Tetris, uh, which I was already well versed in pressing down really fast, and then Excite Bike. Oh, nice. Which I'm pretty good at. Um, and then Rescue Rangers, which was one of the games that I yep. won in '91. So I took that contest fairly easily, I think. That was that gentleman from the Netherlands put that together? Yeah, yeah. Retro so considering. Uh, Considering the uh, six-year-old age bracket, did you have any influence on the choice of games? <laughs> no, this was completely separate. This okay, was, um, all right. yeah, few years. So the, this was just random chance. No, I know it was a different time period, but just random chance that he happened to pick those games. You had no influence on that. I did not. No, all but right, it right, was kind of crazy, and I was uh, very pleased to see that happen. I think Mike Winsneck, who was an NWC finalist, came in second uh, in that one. And he nice. plays. Uh, yeah, I think he was a uh, he was in Portland this year as well, correct? Right. Yeah. Yes. I think he's yes. a max out player. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Speaking of max out players, it's uh, it's kind of unreal to see. I mean, the 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 level of skill that we're seeing now in Tetris these days is pretty <laughs> unreal with the number of people that have maxed out. So that brings me to the question for you: What is yeah. your high game? Uh, I think it's around 860-something. I just posted it, um, a picture of it. It's definitely in the mid to high 800s. And, um, yeah, I've broken 800 about five or six times. I, I don't play very much. I only take the Nintendo out in the average three weeks before the CTWC. 
sometimes <laughs> one week. That last minute crunch right before the tournament happens where you tell yeah, yourself, I'll be able to get good enough to, to be a finalist in this short period of time. It's Well, <laughs> more and more, it's like, it just seems like a waste of time. Like, I will get dominated. Anybody that's in the top half of the bracket now is a max out player. That's so I right. will just get demolished. And for me to get... To max out level, plus you have to be pretty proficient. I think if you want to be a favorite in the first round, you maybe need to be able to max out on 19, mm. which uh, is a yeah. minimum six to nine month commitment for me. Right. I don't know. Terry Purcell is convinced that if he sat down with me for a week, he can get me to max out and then show me like what I'm doing wrong. And um, <clears throat> he's the other, uh, he's the best player in Portland. That's a, Probably a top 10 player. He just can't quite get it together in the finals. Tournament jitters. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a different game. We have yet to see that max out game on stage. I mean, it, yeah. it's gotten close, but everybody tightens up, even Jonas. I mean, he, he deliberately <laughs> tightens up at times and then lets himself go. And partially why he lost is because he was in full on mode and he took too many risks. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we'll see it eventually, but that, that, <laughs> I'm calling it now. We're going to see a max out in uh, in the tournament next year. Yeah, I mean, I think Joseph could have done it in the last game, but mm -hmm. they end, they ended early. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I say a max out, I mean, obviously, if one person loses, then the other person just quits. Right. I'm, I'm actually saying that I think we're going to see two people during the same match max yeah. out on stage during during two one of the people rounds. you think two will max out at the same time well what i'm saying well i mean <laughs> that's the only way it can happen right because one well in hong kong no, no because if somebody is faster they can max and then somebody else could get a six oh, that's a good point yeah that's a good point okay that's fair then um, yeah I, then i'm going to stick to my original idea which was we'll see one person max out but they'll just be faster than the other okay 20 bucks uh, you're on Right. Oh, wait, no, I don't gamble. That's illegal. I would never. Oh, do really? We'll, we'll do uh, Monopoly money, 20 bucks, and right. in secret, wink, wink, 20, 20 bucks. Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that it'll happen. And, you know, I chatted a little bit with Joseph Saley recently. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm kind of worried about next year. And I was like, you better be. Yeah, like, don't I mean, let up. Don't screw around with other games like Jonas does. Like, get better than you are now because he can. I oh. I worry about his health though. I know some speedrunners who have problems with their wrists and like the equivalent of tennis elbow with gamers. And I yeah. just hope to hell he doesn't hurt himself doing that what he does. Because if you watched him play, yeah, it's not natural. So I I <laughs> hope he's okay. Well, I did a ton of hyper tapping right handed for years with Tecmo. I had friends that would wouldn't play Nintendo unless it was Super Tech Mobile. Mm -hmm. and, uh, God, we were just full on buff right arms and just weak, <laughs> pathetic left arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it might help that he uses his right hand for, for half yeah. of that for tapping. I don't know. It's hard to say. He's young. He's going to heal fast. Yeah, yeah. I just so hope his height doesn't disappear. Uh, let's, let's not get into my uh, complaints yeah. about being a childhood champion, but. Um, yeah, point. it seems like he's pretty well rounded. He's like, got a good head on his shoulders. Although I wondered where his parents were, but let's not the <laughs> stuff. Let they have. We're, a, not, we're not going to that subject. Yeah, he has a new baby sister or brother or something. So oh wow! They couldn't come, and his sister came. Okay, okay. Congratulations to, to him. Man. Yeah, absolutely.
So then um, I, I guess one of the things I would, I would kind of want to know is obviously you have all of these people that are starting to want to try this hyper tapping thing, right? It's obviously easier if you're right handed to tap with your right hand. Have you tried any of the, uh, I know that there's only one approved third party controller within CTWC and that's the goofy foot uh, controller. Have you tried hyper tapping on that to see if it's actually easier for you to use the right thumb? Yes. Um, was it Steve DeLuca that does that? Steve DeLuca, yes. that's correct. So he gave me one of the prototypes, shout out, uh, and it was easier and I could get it. I think the numbers are you have to be able to tap 12 times in a second. 11. Mm -hmm. It's 11, 11 to get all the way, yeah. Okay, to, to beat Das. And I could do that occasionally. This is with an hour of practice or something. But I also, it was so hard for me to make the switch. It's like, could I'm a great Super Mario 1 player, but I, to switch hands, yeah. here, to reprogram I, everything. I had a hard time with, uh, with Super Mario, but I found it easier with the Tetris. Really? So I think Good I shot. could. But I, again... To me, I mean, I'm a single dad, right? And uh, I have an expensive life, accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> My phone bill somehow is $180. Like, I can't commit hours a day to something that will never pay me anything. Like, I people ask me what my game is, and I'm like, well, it's kind of poker, because poker pays me. I play online poker. I used to play for a living. And, um, and Tetris... Uh, I heard there might be a big increase in the first prize. I shouldn't say that out loud, but um, even then. Uh, big mouth spoiler. Yeah, I don't feel like um, it'll ever be worth the time. Like no. I'm self-employed, so every hour like I could be working, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, that entrepreneurial so, spirit of always and you, wanting and you're to. You're, you're, talking to you're talking to us, so thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we appreciate the time oh, for sure. Yeah, no problem. No problem. But uh, it's just it would take me a lot of hours to even get to like what's a funny mid-range great player like <laughs> i'll just use terry because he's a friend to get to okay. terry level would take me like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of hours right. to get to that, that place where i would still get crushed probably in the third round second round you know uh so i just don't have it in me if there's it, always if this gets up to a million i'll play like crazy and you're one of the grandfathers of the tournament, so even if you quit playing, you're going to be welcome, and you have a role somewhere, obviously. So it's not like here are a couple of things motivating me. Yeah, I never want to not make the top bracket. Okay. Okay. I think I was 29th or something out of 40 this year, so I'm pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I never ever want Vince or Adam to leapfrog. And Vince is freaking <laughs> close. Like, Vince is sitting there. Yeah. Bless his heart. He's, like, dealing with a breakup that hopefully is getting back together. But he's sitting there practicing his ass off, not drinking. Like, just pathetic man, sadly, with a robe. Like, just playing hours and hours. So, I need to get it out, actually. I, was I love Vince. My, yeah. I was asking my daughter if she would mind if I took the TV and put it in her room. Because, okay, so here's another really ridiculous reason why I don't play Tetris that much. Is that the wires and the TV and everything is in the way. And like, there's people in my life that want the house free of clutter. I don't know. But Sounds like you should be looking at the retro USB stuff with their uh, wireless controller. Yeah, well, all the wires come out of the back. 
is, is an issue. And just oh, I thought you big meant controller box wire. TVs. Yeah. It's yeah kinda, like, there's no pretty place to put that unless you have a dedicated setup somewhere. Um, so anyway, yeah. I mean, Vince, I could see myself with a little bit more maturity cheering him on, but I would never want Adam to beat me. That would just... <laughs> <laughs> that's where you draw the line is it Adam? Yeah. i see all right that's like great. i will i will quit my job i will break up with my girlfriend if adam like once, <laughs> once he passes you i'm gonna i'm gonna have to make sure that he knows that um i will fund him at this point <laughs> okay. adam adam when you're listening to this i will go ahead and fund your life for a little while just go ahead and quit your job do whatever you're doing i want you to get ahead of robin because i want to challenge him uh, to get back to i think he's i, I think i'm safe Adam's in the sixes somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. So let's kind of go back to your 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 journey because you, you kind of touched on it that you went to three cities. So you All right. Portland was your first. And then where'd you go second? Like I, like Okay. So Kenny Welch, the my idol, uh, who was going city to city, he had this bad problem of choking. And he would get to the top two and lose every time. Uh, I have since then read about people who choke in competitive situations. And it turns out it is 0% their fault. It's just like this weird confluence of neural networks that naturally get a little bit stressed out. So I don't hold it against anyone. If you are that sort of like my favorite basketball player when I was a kid was Cliff Robinson and for the Blazers and he would choke every playoffs and it was just so painful. I think he sh he went from like an all-star level to a uh, 19% shooting or something. Wow. But um <clears throat> uh so Kenny inspired me to practice and I practiced over about a summer and I mowed lawns and I had a, you remember Beat Street um, too, they had a thermometer with like raising money and I was oh, trying to okay. $300 mowing lawns to uh, save up to go play another city. Cue but, the montage right here. <laughs> right, yeah. In the... Um, tour the nwc took a like a month and a half long hiatus where they just stopped going to cities so i was able to save a lot of money and meanwhile just practicing slamming down tetris pieces uh at the same time i became the fastest player at mario i believe so the funny thing about the 50 coin mario aspect was for the first half of the tour everybody did it big mm -hmm. getting their final coins in this the bonus tube on the second level yep there was one guy in Oakland that did it small and could shave like five seconds off. And it was really dangerous for one like weird jump in level two. Um, but I saw him do that and I mastered that. And then by the time I went to my third city, so I, I won in Oakland. I won handily. I took my winnings from Oakland and decided I would spend $250 check. I would spend that just to go to Tampa Bay, which was the final city where Rich Ambler won, as I had mentioned. And it was like the greatest players ever were all there. Um, <clears throat> by the time I got to Tampa and I had this perfected little Mario version, uh, that's when somebody was like, what if you just killed yourself twice? <laughs> Which is just crazy we didn't think of that earlier. But you kill yourself twice in Mario and uh, you get the 50 coins faster because you don't have to jump down the flagpole and add it all up and all that nonsense. And this is, speedrunning is not a thing in, in 1990. So nobody's really 
the evolution of this sort of stuff, it really took like a spark of somebody to think about it rather than having the internet influence your strategies and people conspiring and talking with one another and, and, and with yeah. timers and that sort of thing. It was as individuals it's like, Oh, this might work. And then poof. Yeah. Well, you know, stick, not only, into- oh, go ahead, Ron. I was just going to say, not only was there no internet, but um, most of us were too poor to even call each other. Like, in yeah. 1990, it costs a lot of money to call across the country. Yeah. So I wasn't in touch with anyone at all, even the people that were kind of local to me. So, yeah, you really had to go there and steal somebody's uh, technique, which, you know, I don't know who originally. That'd be an interesting thing to investigate, who started that that dying on, on level one thing with Mario. Yeah. But, yeah, that changed everything. And then all of a sudden, Thor was, I think he was like a 2 million nine player, was able to jump to four. Just uh, those extra seconds that he got himself. I'm sure at some point we'll find somebody who's going to take credit for inventing that solution. What I will say is, uh, because this is one of the things that I've always believed about competition. The better the players around you are, the better you're going to become, right? And without a doubt, where you grew up makes a big difference for that. So oh, yeah. in your situation, if you're living in, I'm, I'm assuming you grew up in the Portland area, mm-hmm. there's probably great distance between you and your neighbors and everything like that. It's probably a little harder to kind of get together to challenge each other for the times. Um, yeah. One of the things that uh, that kind of separated us, I told you, I, I mentioned a little bit, and a little bit of a spoiler for those that are watching, we will be doing an episode with some of the PowerFest people as well. And uh, that's kind of where you'll hear more about these stories about traveling around with different friends and whatnot. But um, I had a I had a circle of friends that I lived in a 23 story building. And so what that meant was there were a lot of kids that were over my house 24 seven. We all pushed each other. So it was like, oh, I beat it you know, one second faster, what are you going to do? You know? And so like, we, we were able to do that. I've, I've always kind of wondered, and one of the, one of my favorite questions to ask everybody is just what, tell me a little bit about those who you played with. Did you, did you have friends that pushed you to a higher competitive level or were you just isolated and having to do it on your own? It was just me. My only friends around, uh, were kind of jocks. They're still friends today and they liked super tech mobile. And that was kind of it. Um, <laughs> and the, the leap in my ability, I remember one day having a bunch of people over and it was my turn to play Super Mario Brothers. Or like I let them play first and I like to play Luigi because that's so different. And when it was my turn, everybody left. Because <laughs> knew I wasn't going to die. And it was just like, he's so much better that it's annoying and, you know, screw it. So, yeah, there was nobody better. And in 92-ish, when I got really into uh, Street Fighter II Champion Edition, I was the best player in Portland around, except for two older Asian guys. One was named Hai Vu, and the other was Ray Teruya, or something, who found me on Facebook recently. And those guys were quite a bit better than me, and everyone else in the city was a lot worse than me. And I only met those guys maybe four times each. <clears throat> so I was never able to get better because there was nobody ever better than me. I was in this weird situation where like I would win, I would let you win around and then I would win again and you'd get in the back of the line. Street Fighter two was huge here. Probably I mean, zero States. I don't know. Everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, then I played Chris Tang 
when I reunited with him eight years ago or something. No, it must have been 10, 11 years. Wow. Uh, Time flies, so that, man. That he must have been a painful experience. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just destroyed me. And being the third best player in Portland, I thought I could hold my own, but it was like he's grew up in California where mm-hmm. yeah. the great players were. And uh, even though he probably, I don't know, I think he was a, a very good player, but not in the top few. Um, he just like could kind of read my mind and there was no, it was like fireball battle. I'm going to wait for you. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the rest of that story. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, being in Portland, there were a lot of things that, and it, another thing about your contest, Dorian, mm-hmm. is that this is just a funny side note. I never heard about any contest following 91. I think they were all published in EGM Mm-hmm. and magazines like that but i didn't buy those magazines there was a serious reason for that it was that in the nintendo genesis rivalry mm-hmm. i strictly <clears throat> was all about nintendo and i was like uh adamant about it and so egm to me was this big waste of money because it was only <laughs> one third so you were uh, well what about nintendo power they, they didn't mention those things i i if if you can find it, that'd be cool. I think maybe I'd heard of a campus challenge, but the closest one was really far away. And you know, it's it actually sounded... funny. Yeah. I mean, I, they now never that I'm mentioned about it. You might yeah, I remember them mentioning campus challenge for absolute certain because as a kid, I was pretty upset that uh, that they were doing a campus challenge that I couldn't be a part of because I wasn't in college, you know. So oh, I yeah. remember that for sure. That would be but a- now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even remember how I found out about the Power Fest. Yeah. I'd never heard of it in the day. I, I knew about the Blockbuster Championship. That was all over GamePro. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard about the uh, Star Fox the previous year because they were giving away the jackets. Mm-hmm. But I uh, never heard of the Power Fest 94. Was the big draw the jacket? That's funny. For for, uh, for, Star, Fox. for Star Fox? Heck yeah. yeah. There that was, jacket yeah. was awesome. Huh. They, uh, I guess the winner got a jacket and then they didn't have a finals. They just had a drawing among the winners and gave them like $15,000. I wore my jacket too much. I do regret that, but it isn't still, it's still in pretty good shape, but I, uh, even worse, I wore my 94 jacket way too much. And that one's not in as good of shape anymore. Uh, well, you still have it. It's better. I do. Yeah. And it's in, okay. it's in good shape. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. And the other thing is that I don't think winning at a young age, I don't know. How old were you when you won all your stuff, Dorian? Uh, well, let's see. So it was, I would have been about 18, 17. Okay. So I was 13 and I don't think winning in, in hindsight was that positive of a thing for our lives because I did meet quite a few of the top seven NWC guys and most of them didn't quite have their stuff together. I think I was the only one with a job. Mm-hmm. And Thor has a job, but uh, a lot of people were just basically unhappy. And a couple of them weren't over 1990. And I met them in like 2010. Mm. It's been 20 years and you were a child. Like, I don't know. I think there's too much intensity the same way where you see child actors a lot of times crash and burn. Right. It's like, it's just too much attention. And then you get back to the normal world and it's kind of gray. It's not quite as exciting. And you're, like me playing Street Fighter 2, I dropped out of high school, basically, to, to play in front of crowds just to have that 
that dragon, you know, the drug of people ooing and aahing behind me, which was mm-hmm. such a great feeling. Um, and to sit in a classroom and listen to like a teacher slowly on the chalkboard, you know, at the mm. speed of whoever the slowest kid was, was just unbearable. So I didn't have much discipline either. So that's, an, that's an interesting people. perspective. Yeah. It's, so a, it's I, a controversial one that I bring up a lot. I mean, no, I, 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 you know, I happen to think that all of that stuff is fascinating. And a lot of the times with the child stars and child this and child that, sometimes I feel like people that gravitate towards these types of uh, lifestyles and events almost have a darker side that I think is amplified by these, uh, by these experiences. And what happens is they get addicted to that feeling. And then all of a sudden, and this is, you know, again, just like you have your theories, I'm sure, you know, we, we could discuss that at, at length, I'm sure. But um, I, I do believe that they become, they, they experience that amazing, unbelievable, one-of-a-kind thing that happened to them in their lives, and now nothing is going to measure up because of it. And that, that can be really crushing unless you continue to build yourself up and, and look for that next best thing. The entrepreneurial spirit can replace that if they can get over depression to be able to take that competitive nature and apply it to something that they want to do, that they want to win. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't, yeah. You also have to throw in that. I think a lot of the true top players, especially of thinking games are like a little bit off, like a little bit of ass. No. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. A little bit of spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Absolutely. I mean, look at chess players, right? Like, oh, like, no doubt about it. Them couldn't hold a conversation at like Starbucks if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other thing I was thinking of? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but How it's old yeah, were you in it's, 90? it's tricky. What's that? How old were you in '90? I was 13. And I was okay, 14. so we were the, so we were both 41 then. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm so, 42, so it's it's we're all in the same kind of range. All right, so we're all, we're all right there. You're What's that? You're year of the dragon, right? We're, yes, we're sir. 76. Yeah. Well, I'm 77. So yeah. uh, one of the things that I will say about the 90 tournament, first off, I think that the 90 tournament was a better set of games. I would be, I, I think that there's, there's more pride in actually being a finalist than 90 personally, because there's a lot of luck involved in, in 94 with the Ken Griffey Jr. Home Run Derby. Yeah, game. that's a shame. Yeah. You know, so so I, I I did compete in ninety. Um, I did make Super Weekend. You know, like the I was supposed to come back on Sunday. I still have my paper over there that I never filled out. And the problem was, um, I I didn't have the ability. I wouldn't have been able to travel back then. So I stepped aside. And you know, to this day, I still wonder what. Do you remember the format of the tournament where you know you, you qualify on Saturday? And then you come back Sunday for that top seven thing where you can all be on the stage and so on and so forth. Do you remember how that format worked? Yeah. Um, You had two and a half days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Mm -hmm. to get 200,000 points. You had to score 175,000, which is basically maybe two Tetrises on level zero. Right. Um, Maybe three. To get to go up on stage and then beat a whopping score of two hundred thousand points, <laughs> which was two tetrises and a triple or something. In, in front of a crowd, though, I mean, in it, front it, of a crowd, it, sure. It, yeah. it, 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 we all 
No, it, weed it out, everybody. Yeah. Stand far away from the machine or kneel painfully in front of it. Yeah. Um, and if you got 200,000 on stage, they'd hand you an envelope, which had a VIP player pass and two VIP guest passes, meaning that the mm-hmm. three people could come in and then you got one shot at the end of the day on Sunday. And so in Oakland, for instance, I think there were three rounds of 12 to 17 players. So up to between wow. two and three hundred people. That's not that many. Wow. Well, Cincinnati was not even, we didn't even fill up the group. Oh, really? Oh, wow. We only, we only had the one round. I, I had like a 400,000, which is okay. It's not better than your 200,000, but yeah. The, the cutoff was about seven, eight hundred to get to on to get to the final seven, which that must have been this conversation. Well, it's it was after years, but it was in that Midwest swing. It was and after, was, yeah, it was after Portland. I got the order up right here. It was, uh, oh, Portland. okay, yeah, here at let's see, where'd you say Cincinnati? Cincinnati, so it was, it was four or five stops after uh Portland, three stops is Portland, okay. Norfolk when Kenny Welsh won. And then New Jersey, Cincinnati, but everything else was on the coast. There was nobody in the Midwest, and this was in October. So, like, I didn't even hear about it until like the week before. There was this on the radio. Like, I thought it was already over because I'd seen the articles in Nintendo Power, thinking that was just happening over the summer. Yeah. And I was in, I was a freshman in high school, and I was in marching band and stuff. So, we were doing football <laughs> games on Friday night and competitions <laughs> on Saturday. So I went nice. on Sunday. I got my final semifinalist thing and. Eight four hundred thousand. Nah, okay. If I practice, I might have done better, but I don't think I would have won. But I didn't even think about it after that. It was just like, a, oh, I did this thing. I got my hat. I'm done. Yeah. But, well, I had a friend that couldn't show up for the first part of the tournament to be able to qualify, but I knew that he could do it. I knew that he could go all the way. So I gave him my my VIP pass, and he went up. He ended up becoming a finalist. He's the one that won New Jersey. So wait, Mike, was it? Was it but, New York was before New Jersey, right? Mike Jacob Earth, Javits. Yes. No, yes. that wasn't Mike. That was Dave Lopez. Oh, okay. You know Dave. Yeah, I Dave. I don't know Dave, Dave that know well, Dave. but uh, Dave has been talking a lot of smack since the beginning of uh, CTWC. <laughs> he was like, why can't you have it in New York? And, uh, and uh, He came to was, Pittsburgh, and uh, he did okay, but he got beat. So, uh Chris, I've been uh, trying. So Dave, Dave, just so you know, first off, he's a joker. He's a great guy. I've known Dave since we were probably nine years old. You know, so like we, I've known him my whole life. Um, he stopped playing video games for a very long time. That includes Tetris, everything else. And then I was like, Dave, I'm telling you, man, you need to get back into this. There's a whole new culture coming out around it. You need to fly out here. Come check this out. Oh, you know, I got other things going on, real estate, blah, blah, blah. Whatever he's doing in life is more important, obviously. And then I was like, Hey, you, yeah, money. Exactly. I was like, Hey, you need to go to, uh, Pittsburgh. Is that where yes. it was? Yeah. Replay effects. Replay effects. Yes. You need to go to Pittsburgh. That's close enough to you that I don't want to hear any excuses from you. Get on, get in a car, jump on a plane, whatever you got to do, head out there and just get a taste of what this new world feels like. And sure enough, I mean, he's so proud of himself right now. He's already back up into the sixes. I mean, he hasn't played in many years. More importantly, he just found out because I was talking to him about his setup and he's like, yeah, I'm playing on one of those 
like it was like one of the Chinese knockoff emulator consoles on oh. on a on a TV with like forty frames of lag. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. No, Dave. He's trading with the rock on his back. He's doing literally. The <laughs> and so I was like, look, you need to buy this. You need to buy that. And he was. I'm so proud of him because he went out and he bought all of the right equipment. He's got everything. He sent me pictures. He just started his stream up. He's finally like, he's doing it. He's he's gonna actually some time into it i'm excited to see i mean obviously he's a lot older now so he's 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 a year older than me and so it, it's going to be one of those things where he's going to hit that wall of you know the the age blocker if you haven't played the whole time like me i haven't played tetris really since back then right and so yeah. it's harder for me to pick it back up um i think he's going to run into the same problem where i i plateaued at 700k right now and it's rare for me to make that number, you know yeah. and so it, it's just one of those things where i don't think i'll ever see another 800 game no, and I will be good. shocked. What? If you're playing, if you're not, the difference between 600 and 900 is really just like stamina at 19, being able to fight through the few times we get droughted. Yeah. And the, I think you could easily do it. I just think it just takes time, especially if you, everybody that's in between six and 700, I say, this is the secret. B type 19 two. You play that all day for a week and you just know how to deal with 19 trouble and that's that's what it all comes down to right i am so glad you said that dave if you do end up watching this i (laughs) i I just want you to know that i am now redeemed because i he wasn't sure if i was right about that i'm like you need to play on 19 too so i'm glad you said that because that that made a huge difference for me too it's fantastic yeah very Um, cool if you john like jonas i think is the most amazing when he gets into trouble and it's, it looks like he's playing 19 three and it just doesn't seem to freak him out at all. And when I see him get a piece just barely over, he's ready to move two more when I would have been too focused, focused on getting that piece fully over. And that's where I would have lost as a piece later. He just described most of my lineouts. <laughs> his his run in the seventeen finals against Alex, when he was oh, yeah. kind of sleepwalking level 18 and he just, I don't know what, and then just that light bulb just went off, and he just went on a goddamn tear, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I was waiting for that to happen in this year, but I think he was out of gas. I think he was pushing so hard against all these competitors, and it finally came up. It finally bit him in the butt this this one time, and yeah. and JD walked all over him, and it was great drama. And I'm glad it ended up the way it did, and I think it helped the tournament for JD to win the whole thing. But yeah, now, now this is going to be war next year, and I cannot wait. Here's a funny yeah. uh, little side note. From my point of view of seeing um, Jonas get beat, is that I've wanted him to get beat badly, like every year since since he won three <laughs> in a row. And it's not that I don't like him, and I actually the underdog. Clearly, yeah. I love watching him play more than anyone else because just watching him play a normal game, I will get a tiny bit better. Like it's that's how much better he is than me. Right, but. I felt like it's bad for the contest for the same person to win, especially like when he sweeps in the finals, just like, what's the point of us showing up? Right. Right. Um, But okay. So, and and uh, on a side note, that's why Chris Tang's excited level for Jeff Moore was what it was, is because we were all waiting to see, you know, uh, Goliath go down. It wasn't that he disliked Jonas. It was just, Oh, are we going to see it? So that that's where yeah. that came from. But go ahead. The, I'm sorry. And the one year Jonas lost up until last year or this year was like, I think he was like deeply in love with Heather and probably wasn't quite practicing the same 
level. It's kind of like great, by Harry, the way. Did Harry beat him or did did Heather beat him? No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> uh, here's the the funny thing that happened this year is that I wanted anyone else to win. I actually was thinking about making a T-shirt that said "Anyone but Jonas," but I, I got a <laughs> feeling. Like his feelings well now it wouldn't be appropriate but that would right. have been a yeah. t-shirt hey, he's got his twitch following now i don't think he needs the support of us fogies anymore he can play the villain okay. if he wants good. To. good um but he lost to a hyper tapper mm-hmm. and i was watching the games jonas was playing his heart out so that last game was like one of his best games ever yeah and, and he ends up losing and i suddenly realized it was like yeah, Joseph beat him handily, but it's kind of due to the hyper tapping. I wouldn't say it was strategical. No, the 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 oh, win. A lot of mistakes. And so what happened to me was I had a flashback of watching Thor, and being like, I don't even know if Thor's actually better than me. Is he just a freak? You know, is is he just somebody that can like do something like uh, you know, uh, Giannis? I don't know if you guys follow basketball. He's taller and faster and stronger and can like run past people, but I don't know if he's actually a better basketball player. Right. Just... The fundamentals versus the athletic ability. Exactly. So what what happened to me was like I'm glad that I, I'm really happy uh, for the kid. And um, I'm happy that somebody else won. But I suddenly realized I'm I could see myself easily rooting for DAS players from here on, here on out. Because the hyper tapping thing really is, it's kind of, I don't know, it's almost like not as fun to watch as somebody who's truly like manipulating the limitations of, of right and left ass. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had it because I really, at 13, I felt like it was kind of unfair that Thor could move the, the piece faster than us. <laughs> So you're really holding on to a grudge that's uh, about you know, 30 years old, is what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't, well, and I didn't realize I was. I was rooting for anyone but him. But then anyone but Jonas until it became anyone but typer tappers. Got even it. Even when Green Tea did that yeah. insane maneuver, oh, 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 so good. Tap that long bar. Which, by the way, yeah. how did that happen? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. I that like, uh, I've watched that clip over and over trying to figure that out because I I didn't think that was a thing. They've done the math, and if you if you can get down frame perfect, having that quick tap for the last tap is actually more effective than a twelve taps per second hyper tap. Wow! So yeah, it, so it, go ahead. I was just going to say, so something important to note: um, if you go back and watch Joseph's play, now I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm going to preface this with that because I don't want people saying I'm just being a hater. I'm not. I'm, I'm legitimately, I love his play. I thought it was great. I was cheering for, uh, for Joseph myself, even though I like Jonas as a person. He's a great guy. I've hung out with him. I've gone to his, uh, his, his what do they call that? A brewery, I guess, or whatever it is. His, his restaurant place. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think he's a great guy. This has nothing to do with any of that. Joseph play, Joseph's play was not very good. If you watch him, he makes a lot of mistakes. What separates Joseph from the other players is his ability to hyper-tap to the point where he can get himself out of situations no one else would have been able to get out of. Go back and watch his games, especially against Jonas, and just look at how many mistakes... In, now, the, 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 all of his games. You can watch how many mistakes he was making. He was constantly wa- looking over here... And two pieces would drop, and he'd look back over and be like, really "Oh weird. no, 
I need to fix this. And and he has the ability to just go, tuck, 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 fixed. You know, and like that's something that nobody else can really do unless they're also hyper tappers. Um, There's two things for the reason that I'm bringing that up. Number one, that means that he has a lot of improvement to go, which means that he could end up being the best player on the planet, hands down, if he studies. He's going to need to study gameplay as opposed to just practice and playing. He's going to need to watch some players do some of the stuff that he doesn't understand just yet because his his piece placement leaves a lot to be desired. Um, And and I think that if somebody actually, I would love to see maybe, I I don't know, maybe, maybe one of the top players could do this. Maybe Jonas could do this on his, on his Twitch stream, sit there and go through it in kind of a slower motion and talk about the choices that he's making. Has he done that, Chris? Or? Jonas does that on his stream. He went through all the matches in CTWC and broke them down, rewind. What are you I doing there? Yeah, he, he, it's, okay. yeah, watch his stuff. Which, by did, the he way, do, did he do Joseph's matches? He should not do that. <laughs> information to people with a physical advantage over him. I love it. Yeah, I, do it. I, I, we're exciting. He, he's the greatest ambassador, though. The reason this really? has grown yeah. so much is his stream. Like, all of his followers are going out to Portland just to watch him, including, you know, the one person in the audience we're not going to talk about. Uh, but <laughs> the dog guy. But uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jonas is like just the greatest for, I mean, he's the best. He shares why he's the best, which helps other people get better. Mm-hmm. He's an incredibly great loser. Oh, that was the best. The rare times that he does lose, he is this great wife that's like this perfect compliment to him. Like just everything about him was kind of like this annoyingly perfect champion. (laughs) He's Flanders. He's Tetris Flanders. (laughs) Tetris (laughs) Flanders. Wow, there's a term I don't think I ever thought I would hear. All right, Tetris Flanders. That's all. That's all I'm good for. I can't play the game. I'll come up with dumb analogies. (laughs) All right. Well, that's uh. We keep we keep veering away from the NWC oh, story, yeah. man. But you, you oh, won okay. in Oakland, and you meet you meet Chris Tang there, and then you get to put the bug in his brain to go down to LA, and he wins the next week down there, and you and and you 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 form a friendship sort of that rekindles in 2009, and then then you I want to kind of oh geez where should we go from here? Do we talk more about the NWC finals or? Uh, well, let's go to the finals. How, let's let's talk about how that went down. So you you did your you went to the third trip in in uh, Tampa Bay, and like all the gang is probably coalesced around here, right? You're not the only one who's there, right? And I'm the outsider. I don't know anybody. Okay. Uh, and Jeff, I met Jeff Falco there, and he, we developed a, a friendship, and he was just the funniest person in the world. Like I've always really been into comedy like i'm a huge stand-up comedy fan and he mm-hmm. was so funny on the fly that i just wanted to be around him all the time like kids used to come up to him and be like uh excuse me how, why are you so good and he would just look at him and be like i cheat and just shrug his shoulders <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great yeah he is fantastic and he had these stories like he had my mom rolling like my mom would go to all these things with me and he just would entertain us nonstop. um but yeah, I didn't really get to meet Thor. I remember one game just playing. It's like, here's a funny thing about the NWC. It's kind of embarrassing, but uh, I only saw probably three players that actually understood the concept of burning. I know that's crazy. 
It isn't. For Tetris, for for even an average player, oh shit, I don't get the long bar. That means I die. And for Thor, for Trey Harrison, and for Jeff Falco, they kind of figured out how you could keep it low while you waited. But it's just crazy that like that was something that was not in the the, the consciousness of, of Tetris players was burning. The, ga- the game was only one year old, so it was it wasn't the sophistication wasn't there yet. Yeah. The, the first person, right? Yeah. Well, but but that's what everybody played. Nobody was, I don't whatever. Yeah. I think I did own it on the Macintosh, but I didn't play it very much. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. And they didn't give you more points for a Tetris. What is up with that? That seems like a very right. obvious bonus. <laughs> I just so give that. you more that's points scary. for more lines. What yeah. the what? All right. So, um, so, so you're you're you got the plane tickets to L.A. in your pocket. I guess what? Do you know the story about the moving from Florida to L.A.? Like how that went down? I I don't. I know that it was supposed to be in Florida and it was supposed to be televised nationally. That was a huge deal. Uh, And neither of those things happened. It moved to L.A. at the last minute and the televisation thing disappeared. That would be a good question to ask Terry Lee Torok, whose information I have. Um, He was supposed to commentate the ecstasy of order finals, but he had a prior engagement or something and couldn't show up, but we're glad that he couldn't show up because that's how we got Chris Tang in. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It'd be nice to see him for 10 next year, but you know, that's just a suggestion. I would love I, so much. Did you see that? Um, what's the guy, what's the announcer's name? Ardo, Arda? Uh, Arda Ocal. Did you see that he dressed like Terry Torok? Yeah, I, I didn't figure it out till the day after. Like, he, yeah, he... <laughs> I didn't figure it out till later. I was like, please announce when you do the greatest tribute in the history of Tetris. <laughs> Has there ever been a wardrobe tribute like that? Probably not, right? No, he cosplayed as Terry Lee Torok, and yeah. he, like, he didn't say anything Saturday. That's when he did it, and then Sunday he showed Chris Tang the picture. He's like, guess who I'm dressed up as? And Chris Tang just kind of looked at it for about thirty seconds. Terry Lee Torok. And he wasn't even like amazed yeah. about it, but it's like he was, he was like, "That's pretty cool." He wasn't he wasn't uh, you know it wasn't the high fives you'd think, but yeah, that, that was pretty class move by a, Art is a great guy. I was kind of worried. Uh, I met him in Pittsburgh. Like Vince said, he just showed up out of nowhere and like, "Oh, well, we'll come out to Pittsburgh and announce for our thing." He did it on his own dime. Apparently, he just wanted the the esports cred because he does like NHL '94 tournaments and stuff. And yeah. He put up with my unprofessional ass, so I mean that's all I could ever ask for. And he was great, and he was the perfect role for him, being an interview guy. And eventually, all of us, uh, like seamster people, are going to get knocked out to the professionals eventually. You know the, but what I mean, he's a good, great, he's a great guy, and he was really into it. So I think you more than held your own. Well, thank you. You know, he obviously is polished, but I think that all of you guys are like top notch. If you watch Chris Tang the first couple years, super awkward. He's just a sweetheart, but uh, I remember year three, two and three, the frickin' Richies are heckling so bad that it's got Chris Tang flustered. He doesn't know how to, like, fight back. Yeah. uh, Joking and insulting him and stuff. right. But now Chris is uh, the star that he should be, and I'm super happy for him. He, He even toned down a bit this year because the competition was so good he didn't have to hype it up. Yeah. It's it really is the the players do the talking right. It's like right. it used to be back when we were like playing at level nine. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you had to fill dead space, but now it's just like 
you could sit there and be memorized and it would be just as entertaining as anything else. Yeah, it's it's actually getting legitimately harder. And I mean, I'm sure Chris could talk about this since he also does the announcing. It's getting harder and harder to talk about the the four screens happening at once. Yeah. There's just so much going on that it's yeah. getting to the point where it's going to you're you're starting to just lose sight of the overall what's going on in each game and I don't know I I don't envy that. I mean I I've done I've done my own share of announcing primarily for fighting games because I've been in that scene for ages. Yeah. Um so I do not I I I can't I can't imagine how hard it must be to try to call four different screens at once. Like that's just yeah. unreal to me. Right. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it is. It's getting yeah. harder and harder to watch with the level of play. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe we need more time. Chris and I were talking about that before you joined in is how one, I was thinking it would be cool to be able, for the announcers to be able to highlight the game they were talking about as they talked about it. Mm-hmm. And two, just having more time. I think I think the semifinals should be five games now. Yeah. And I think that um at least the finals for sure. But I could see even the semis as well. Well the finals is five already. But yeah, the, the semis. Not the grand finals, right? I'm I'm talking oh, yeah. about like yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ones before Green Tea versus Jonas should never be three games. This was my statement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was such a great match. Just oh, wait, there's, oh yeah. what am I thinking? It's not double elimination. That's where I'm throwing off here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a, there's a push for that too. I'm not a fan of double elimination, but I I can see why people just want more of it. Maybe we have a constellation game, but. Like you said, the, the time constraints suck, and like even on Saturday we have to seed uh, the stage to the cosplayers. I, I you know, we'll, it, we'll, we'll it, deal. Look, I love Portland. Um, I think it's outgrown the space that they're getting from Portland, and they're going to have to do something to kind of let it let it naturally grow. That that last, and again, this is nothing against the Portland guys. They are amazing. I have no problems with Portland. But what I will say is it was legitimately uncomfortable to try to watch those games in person because of how packed that little area is. Yeah. And it is blown up. It's blown up too much. It's it's at the point now where they do need bigger space. And I'm hoping that Portland will recognize that and start to give them what they need because there was a lot of people that just they couldn't watch because it was just impossible to stand in that area. So if anybody from Portland is listening, please take that feedback um, as it is, which is just with all of the love in the world, because I do love Portland, but I, I just want to see bigger, bigger and better things for them. Year three, we had our own room. Yeah. We should go back to that. Get a bigger room. Yeah. What do you think? Seat like 500. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's awesome. I will say that I have a lot of time to think about it, but uh, third is very odd. You know, in uh, poker, second place is supposed to be by far the most psychologically damaging. It's the first loser. You've come so close, but third, there isn't really a distinction about it. And I, it, I will say that, like, can you name me the bronze winner of any Olympics? Probably not. Uh, Russia in the 1980 ice hockey because the USA beat them. Right, so you can name a whole country. That's a whole. Name- <laughs> I, yeah. Can you name a player, a specific person who got a bronze medal? I don't. I know I can't. No, I can't name any gold medalist either. Yeah. But there you go. Hey, I want to say there was a, a guy. USA gymnast. I remember, but I don't, I don't know. But yeah, third is a, is a special thing. When I get limited edition stuff, I always get number three. Nice. Oh, cool. It's a yeah, thing. Pile. Yeah. 
So speaking of uh, collecting, is that outside the realm of what your podcast is about? No, dude. Let's no, just go right, okay. just Joe Rogan style. Let's go anywhere. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So collectors, evidently. I see behind you, Chris, you got a bunch of Genesis and uh, you collect new school stuff too? A little bit. I, I, I have a PS4 and Xbox, but I don't really collect. I just buy what I'm interested in. Uh, you're not a completionist or anything? Uh, well, for the old stuff I am. I've, I've got like a full Virtual Boy set. I've got a full 32X set. I've got a full uh, Odyssey 2 set. You know, I've got a lot of, I got about 600 Genesis games. So I'm only missing like 100. I'm like six Sega CD games away from a full set there. So I, I try, but I don't have the budget. To, it's it, I started collecting 20 years ago when this shit was just piling up in thrift stores and nobody wanted it. And right. now it's to the point where, do I really want the Space Adventures for Sega CD for $700? <laughs> That's a mortgage payment. I can't, I can't, I can't justify it. That's a so, mortgage wow. payment? Where you're you from? have a mortgage payment that low? You lucky. Me and Dorian are like, what? Can we move there? Yeah, seriously. Columbus, Ohio, man. Well, 10 years ago, Columbus, Ohio. It, uh, everything's gone up everywhere, but yeah. Yeah, I what could buy 10 NES houses with that. NES stuff? NES stuff? Uh, I, I had, I, that's, how, that's how I got the collecting bug in the late 90s, getting into NES stuff. But then when I had money trouble, you know, 2004-ish, sold a lot of it. It's so got a, it. Yeah. Whenever money trouble comes up, people sell like what's easy to sell, which is the expensive yeah. stuff. But that's the one thing you shouldn't sell, right? Like you should have right. unloaded. Your, yeah, I had a Neo Geo. I sold. I sold a lot of the NES stuff I didn't like. I kept the stuff I liked. So it was the. I, I have like all the Mega Man's, all the Dragon Warriors, the good games I kept. But you know the weird shit that I don't care about. I CIB. I, yeah, I, I don't collect box for NES because they have that perfect CD size, and the the box are so much more expensive. So I always sell my box to people who want them. Okay. So I. I, here's what here's is, my what? pride and joy. Cool. Oh, that must be. Uh, yeah, the uh, Power Fest. This is the Power Fest. I'm cartridge. looking at. Is that the? Yeah, so it's the Nintendo World Championships 1994 cart. It's a cartridge. Yeah, this this is the cartridge. It's um, a Super Nintendo cartridge. Here, I'll take it out of the little packaging here. Why not? Get that friends here. Um, you know, I, they've been trying to talk me into that, especially uh, one of the investors from, um, oh, no, I'm going to feel so bad if I can't remember the name. Is it WADA? W-A-T-A? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So um, he, he was telling me that I should as well. So it's a it's a Super Nintendo cartridge, you know, standard cartridge. Okay. Sits on top. Sits on top of the system. I have um, that. That's crazy. It's actually, yeah, it's actually a really cool design. I mean, you can see it has the notches for American systems. On the top, it actually says Nintendo Super Famicom, which mm -hmm. I thought was kind of cool, even though it's an American system cart. Um, this was the actual cartridge that was used in, not the finals, but in the actual tournaments that went uh, state to state. So this is the 10,000 point variation. There are only two of them uh, in the world. The one is the 10,000 point scoring, which is this one. And then there's a million point scoring system out there as well. Uh, but those are the only two in existence and they are different ROMs. So technically they're different games, which makes yeah. this one of one. Um, the other one does not have the, the full cartridge. Uh, apparently the top 
the top of it was broken off and long gone. So this is not only the only one of one for the 10,000 point ROM, it is also the only complete one that exists. So this is my pride and joy right here. Thank you for getting that to retro USB for reproduction purposes too. I, I know that a lot of collectors when they have that sort of thing, will sit on it and not share it. So I appreciate so, that you were. I, I wasn't the one who did that, but I would have. I absolutely would have. But then again, I also did make copies of it immediately. I copied the ROMs once I got it. So no matter what, it would have happened when it was in my hands. Why? Oh, they destroyed all those damn things. Like there's only one of NCC 91. There's Yeah, so there weren't there weren't supposed to be any of this cartridge. There was actually yeah. a uh, there was a, a contractor that took one of each of the scorings out and that wasn't supposed to. So he he preserved them. I don't know who that person was. If by whatever Gave him happened, a fucking you know, metal. That's right. Yes, because I mean, again, I, I believe in pre in pre preservation, and that to me is just like a travesty that they were all destroyed. Right. So yeah, I, I'm waiting for that other. The interesting thing, like I was telling uh, the, the Nintendo Campus Challenge '91, there's only one copy in existence, and it's been dumped. And the piece arrangement, Doctor Mario, is the same every time. What I would like to know is if there's other copies, if it's the same piece arrangement or if there were variations, just like your variation, question. your variation with with the power fest there. But right. we'll, we probably will never know. But, you know, we at least have something. And uh, because of 91, that's where the 2015 version came from. And that's why I'm sitting here, because I got my second chance at, at age 38. So I didn't get to be that child kid. I got to be the overgrown kid who pretended to be 13 again for a day. So That's everybody's awesome. story's a little different. Yeah. 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 I love, I, I love Dr. Mario. I actually liked the 2015 tournament layout. I thought that it was, uh, it was pretty good. Um, obviously I would have liked it to be more cities over a longer period of time. That's right. some of the feedback that I did give Nintendo directly. They uh, actually, I was with Trey at the time and, um, oh, I feel bad that I can't remember his name, but the guy who, who, uh, who ran, who ran the tournaments overall from Nintendo, uh, the treehouse guy, he, he, he saw Eric, uh, yes, Eric. Yeah. What was his last name? Eric something, but uh, I'm on follow on Twitter, but yeah, that guy, he, good, he left, really he, good he left Nintendo shortly after that too. He did. It was right after, but he, he saw, he saw Trey and I. And he actually asked to take a picture with us. And we're like, well, yeah, we'd like to take a picture with you. I mean, he was an awesome guy. And he sat down with us for a good 20 minutes to get feedback from us to talk about, you know, what they could have done better and everything else. And you could see that some of the stuff in 2017, uh, they were starting to implement some of it, right? Like, the, yeah, the, in Chicago, where I won, the high scoreboard was a piece of yellow paper stuck to the uh cell phone accessory aisle yeah <laughs> that, that was it right. so 17 they had a tour they had flat screens at the scoreboard they had a whole setup you could go and play demos and stuff it, they, they they completely overhauled it and made it not quite 90 level but at least it was an actual display that they spent money on whereas 15 was just such an afterthought it was so low i i, I hate shitting on it because that was my one time thing and the the finals were amazing out in LA, but the the gee, wow that that's so <laughs> they couldn't even get a computer to put the score on it was a sheet of yellow paper, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I do wonder what it would have been like if Eric hadn't left. Like I I think I think that he was going to make a lot of changes that just didn't get translated once he left. So Eric, yeah. if you're out there listening, thanks for taking all of the feedback. Sorry it didn't uh, didn't didn't happen, but. Such is life. 
let's see here. So we were we were in the collecting bug. Uh, yeah, like it's it, it, the thing is, it's it, when I started, it was I was buying cheap stuff that nobody that everybody's throwing it out. So nowadays, I like collecting like Game Boy and PlayStation One and weird systems from the early '80s that nobody remembers. I bought in Portland this year. I bought a, a AMF one thousand or whatever that's called is the most ridiculous bullshit system that was five years too old when it came out in 82. But, you know, I, I like the weird stuff now. It, it's it's just interesting mentally for me, whereas a typical boring NES game just doesn't really do it for me. So, you know, yeah, I got to I got to chase the high now. You know, what was that? Do you, you ever play these obscure systems or? Yeah. Um, I so. Rather than miserly sitting on all this stuff in my basement, I start when I moved into this house. I started a hexadecathlon. You know, Beck's based on hexadecimal, so it's like a sixteen-game video game tournament. But I just bring out the weirdest shit. I have a Vectrex, I have a Virtual Boy. I'll bring out the the weird fun games that I think are interesting every year. And you know, this this thing has been growing. It doesn't even fit in my basement anymore. I hold it in a local arcade place now. So it's it's. That it's like I, I have fun with this stuff and this whole sharing culture that I started just with my friends here. A bunch of us went up to NWC in, in Chicago, and that's how I won the damn thing. So it, me, me opening up my collection to other people is kind of how I got to sitting here with you guys. So it, it's it collecting's important. Plus, the reason NWC came back at all is because the cartridge was so collectible and made the news every time somebody sold one for 10 grand and it would make the news that got Nintendo's name out there and they thought, Ooh, publicity. So thanks to the collectors, we're also sitting here and maybe our stories will get told. So <clears throat> I showed everybody up with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to understand it as a business and we want them to do well and we want them to keep having these tournaments and in order for that to happen. Well, there's got to be enough publicity behind it. So let's just keep pushing these stories. Let's keep talking about why it's why it was an amazing time. Let, I mean, let's talk about 15. Let's talk about 17. Let's talk about everything. Let's make sure that Nintendo gets as much publicity from doing these as possible so that they keep doing more. Absolutely. I have a suggestion for Nintendo. Mm. The problem with the 1990 NWC to me was that if you had money, or in Thor's case, he didn't have much money, but he was homeschooled. You could go city to city to city and get way better than everyone else. When Thor, Thor's first city, his he never broke a million. <clears throat> um, right. And so, and I was a three-city person. Thor was eight or nine. Jeff Falca was eight or nine. Kenny Welsh was probably 15 cities. Uh, Rich Ambler was eight or nine, and he won in the, in the last possible city. So everyone that was better than me, quote-unquote, was basically just more practiced. What I always thought Nintendo should have done and would be great for their bottom line was to make a contest and instead of giving an advantage to people that could travel was to just release a comp contest competition card and charge 50 bucks for it. Yep. Let you practice at home. They'll make a fortune. And that's the only way you can really practice is to do, is to do that. You know, you know they, they changed Tetris, right? They made it like an advanced level every five lines instead of every 10. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the way to do it. There, there's a way to like, not give an advantage to, well, now they know. Well, does, 
wouldn't that, and I, not as the challenge, but uh, yeah. wouldn't that just give an advantage to people that have the ability to sit there and play 12, 14, 16 hours a day? Because I know I'd immediately take vacation from work. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to sit home. I'm just going to play. Hey, boss, I broke my leg. Sorry. Yeah. That's- but that's, a, I mean, practicing, I don't think is quite as like the same advantage as just having enough money to disappear and I hear you. follow. I don't know. Pra- I mean, practice is the way you're supposed to get better at everything. So I, I don't see that as quite like the, I, th- I feel like they missed an opportunity to make it fair for everyone. Got it. Uh, Eric I, Peterson, by the way, that's that's the guy. Um, yeah, that that was his last name. Eric right. with a yep. K. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was so there, there you go. Um, Great guy. Where um, where were we? Let, so let's go. Let's go in a little more into the into the uh, the Disney thing. So just because this, you're probably going to be the only person we we come across who you won the whole damn thing. So you're the goddamn champ. So yeah. let's 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 celebrate your championship. And nice. let's, glad let's, somebody let's, is. Hey, dude, you, you won something. I mean, that's... there it is. That's no one's right. even heard about it. It's sad. But that's an awesome trophy, man. It was a good contest. Those were, those were great games. Out. Yeah. Like they, they released that Disney collection for PS4 and Switch, maybe, or Xbox, or. What whatever it was, it, it was most of those games, and it's kind of surprising that they didn't go and dig up information about this stuff. But that's Capcom for you that they don't even real. They probably never realize they even did it. But one really cool thing about that contest that I don't think has been done before is that Tailspin was unreleased. Mm. So there was a huge part of the contest where like it was truly how how good are you at video games? Period. You can't sit at home and. And then another interesting thing was where you got all your points in Tailspin was the bonus rounds. It was basically all in, in level one. Uh, there's two bonus rounds. But in the finals, because it was unreleased, they tweaked it and made the bonus round completely different to where, like, I think in the prototype, which I own, side wow, note, cool. sale, $10,000. Cool. Uh, in the original prototype, which we played in the regionals, it was, I don't remember Baloo's little nephew, but he was on a pogo stick getting fruit. I think this is what I'm saying it right. And then in the finals, just out of the blue, it was that same kid uh, on a hoverboard or a hovering floating thing. And it would push you, whereas um, <clears throat> the version we had all practiced on, you went at your own speed. Right. And then all of a sudden they switched it and I ended up getting pushed off of the bonus round. I have it all on videotape. Um, oh, wow. Gathering this fruit. And I thought it was done. I was like, oh, my God, they like it automatically scrolled. And that just took me out of the bonus round. And I thought I, it was over. But luckily I made the top 10 and then moved on. But it's pretty cool. Like I have the Josh Byerly, you guys might know, collector. And huge gamer fanatic, uh, he bought that the prototype and uh, gave it to me as a gift because he knew that wow. it was in my history. Yeah, That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I I own that. I should probably dump it. <laughs> how do you well, dump at least things? you guys are smarter than me? I, I don't know how that works. Send it to well, someone. We we will help you out with that. In fact, um, if you end up coming out for Retro City Fest, I'll make sure that that's one of the things that we do for you is to get that done. Because you're right, those ROMs eventually go bad. 
they they have a shelf life they they will die and then that's that's it it's gone forever so it does it, it doesn't make sense to hold on to it forever so yeah we'll get that dump for you, you can keep the only copy so that that way you you know that it's the only one out there okay. so yeah i'd like to make it out there that'd be fun yeah absolutely, absolutely. Love to have. <clears throat> so like like so this this went to like malls and stuff that, that I'm just trying to get a, the sense of the competition itself. Did it feel low rent? I mean, compared yes, nothing's ever going to feel like it nine. Seemed they like never it, it again. Probably, it seemed like it was probably about as big as the campus challenge. Okay, I I had, don't think I've seen footage of like the regional kind of qualifying time of the campus challenge, but it was really like maybe there were fifty to a hundred kids that went reading in the paper and the rest of the competitors were kind of just strolling through the mall. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Oh, I like Nintendo. <laughs> um, in Portland, there were two twins, Brian Aslin and Kelly Aslin that were freaking good. And okay. It's going to, it sounds like I make excuses, but this, I swear to God, I'd never played rescue Rangers. I own DuckTales and obviously I hadn't played tailspin. I came in second in Portland. Okay. And then I did the chicken shit maneuver, which is to go to the next city, and I dominated there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I beat this, or the guy who beat me in the first city was Brian. He was really good. He actually just uh, interviewed me recently for some uh, media stuff he's doing in school. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it was uh, so much smaller, it was kind of bad. I think there were 10 stations. As opposed to the NWC's 100. Right. Um, and there's no stage. No. Uh, there were some celebrities, which was funny. There was this show for kids in the morning called Wake, Rattle, and Roll, as opposed to Shake, mm. Rattle, and Roll. Mm. You remember that? No. I do. I do. You do? Vaguely, so, but yes. Disney Channel? No, just regular no. TV. Yeah. Hmm. Let me look at this kid's name. It was like he had an acronym name. Um, I'm going to be able to think of it. No, I will freaking buy you lunch if you can think of his name. R.J. Williams. Williams. Yep, that was it. A boy named Sam Baxter, played by R.J. Williams. And his robot, uh, the acronym DEX. Ooh, which I didn't Digital that. electronic cassette-headed kinetic system. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, so this guy was there and kind of making friends. He was trying to feel out who was the best. And uh, <clears throat> this was different than the NBC. Like to me, as a four, now I'm 14, 14 year old, a celebrity is pretty intimidating and like exciting. Um, and. Uh, I just remember him meeting me and saying hi, but really kind of being sort of attracted to this kid, Andy, who was also incredibly good. This is my the city that I won in Tacoma, Washington. And um, then the finals happened and Andy was in my first bracket and I won in Rescue Rangers using Andy's own technique. Still feel bad about it. Don't. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, every time I win, it's like I stole something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, used his own technique, but I was better naturally. 
and um and I just remember RJ running up to me and be like, yeah, man, and high-fiving me and all this stuff. And like all of a sudden he was my best buddy and just ignored the guy he had been friends with. The <laughs> <laughs> felt kind of weird. But uh, yeah, and then so I took that one. And then I always found it strange that the other twin, Kelly Aslin, didn't follow a city and, and do the same thing but i guess some people just weren't into that like i don't know i loved the whole travel and meet up with friends thing i thought that was i thought that was actually better than the competition honestly mm-hmm. well yeah that that's it's all about the trip really for a lot of the stuff you know that the people yeah it's um pretty incredible speaking of celebrities did you meet like i mean who did you meet in nwc finals was howard phillips and any of those guys there did miyamoto come to this thing who, who was there for the finals I didn't know who Miyamoto was until like very recently. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Howard Phillips was at many regionals. I met him briefly just for a picture in Oakland. And I think he went to a lot of them. He was about, he was a solid player, like a 1 million five player or something. Yeah. Uh, was- <clears throat> and that was back when like two, five was the max. Um, right. Right. And uh, at the finals, finals, my mom sat next to one of the Beach Boys' wives because one of the Beach Boys was competing. Nell Carter from... Uh, <laughs> give me a give break. Me a break. Give, give me a break, break. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. She was there. Ooh. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's son. And I remember him about to be being interviewed and he handed a woman his gum. And she put it in her hand and went, oh, thanks. And me just being like, wow. That's, um, that's straight out of a movie. That's, you, you, you could imagine that. Like That's like Lucas or some shit from The Wizard. Yeah. That's, that's totally a Lucas move right there. That was pretty bad. Right. He should have been Lucas, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's all I can remember. That's fair. That was good. And they all, But it was funny because they played the celebrities while they, they were let there them play like as an in-between thing and then everybody got to laugh at how horrible they were and nell right. carter i remember her like not even letting the announcer say her score like covering it up and me being like oh my god she's so funny yeah <laughs> but um, that's good though yeah. that's great well what are you doing these days why don't you uh why don't you kind of catch us up uh, anything that you want to push or talk about or are you doing any twitch streaming or like what do you what can you promote Nothing. Nothing. All right. <laughs> I'm a single dad. I work. I mean, I have a wonderful girlfriend. She has two kids. I have two kids. And it's just hard. Portland's expensive. I have three jobs. Um, one of them being Nintendo related. I, I buy and sell retro video games. Uh, but I don't actually sell very often. I'm too attached to the stuff I buy. I was just going to say, what's your website? We'll go on there and take a look, right? <laughs> I don't have a site. Uh, you Got can it. find my eBay stuff is what is my name right now i think it's just ecstasy of order okay great um but the prices are high you know you ever like (laughs) price too high because you actually don't want to sell it yeah i was gonna say well that's part of the problem of being a collector and trying to sell it's like yeah so i'm really attached to this i'll only sell it if i'm gonna get what it's worth you know yeah I did make a Nintendo Campus Challenge 25th anniversary. Yes. Uh, I think there's only three left. And the last one, somebody bought it now for 220 bucks. 
There you I go. only made 25 of them. So it's like a, it's a no-brainer because it will be worth more someday. They, I made a Lucas edition. We have to give credit to the man. Yeah, Stephen Lucas. Um, I made an NWC 25th anniversary, and I made 250 of those. Those flew off the shelf. Wow, uh, I remember that? I think yeah, it less, but those were all signed by Thor and me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I changed the ROM slightly to where like your Mario's running through a black world. Like the motif is black and gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, those were cool looking cartridges too. You get a different. You've heard of them? Those. Thank Sorry? you. You've heard of them? Oh yeah, yeah. It's Honor, it's the yeah. it's the black cartridge that had the yeah. gold sticker on the front, right? Yeah, yeah I remember. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, those are done by Bunny Boy. He's super yeah. genius. And like, Bunny Boy is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, he doesn't return my calls when i want like he's he's done a few favors for me so i have absolutely nothing bad to say about bunny boy he is man he's awesome um yeah and i also sell transformers on that side and uh yes here's here's a little uh tip heads up i think that as far as undervalued collectibles ps2 sealed you can get in super rare stuff for under 50 bucks mm-hmm. um, with the only grading companies that's going to matter in a few years. WADA. Yeah. They grade, they're far more. Uh, their grades are based on the box and not the wrap. And because PS2 is hard plastic, everything is going to grade high. Right. So I just think, I mean, games like wizardry mm-hmm. and um, I mean, there's some that, are expensive but aren't that rare like final fantasy 10 and kingdom hearts those type of games uh you grab them now before the the hobby really blows up which it will yes um, you're you're reaching that 12 year window like 12 to 15 years it's when that when something's that old then it starts to become hard to find then 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 the value starts shooting up so we're getting close to that point for gamecube's already hit it i think uh, but PS2, Xbox, original Xbox is about to hit it if they haven't already. Yeah, and the one thing, the reason I chose PS2 over GameCube is because uh, GameCube is just like this Y-fold cellophane seal that has nothing else distinguishing it from a fake. So mm-hmm. I'm just afraid that a DVD Y-fold seal machine can fake those. Whereas PS2 pre I think it's 2005 has that hologram mm-hmm. um, strip on the top that CDs use. Yeah. God of War is, is a um, example of a game that that year there were some released without the hologram strip and some with. And so obviously you want the one that has, that's easier to verify. <clears throat> so that's what, that's why I chose PS2 one that, and it was the one system that like eclipsed NES as far as sales. So I think it has this massive, massive uh, following nostalgia factor. Yeah. As um, people start to get older, I think that you're right. They're going to start to want to collect those. What's yeah. going to be interesting is figuring out that whole shelf life of a CD thing, right? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. What are they, they going to die too? Uh, uh, CDs are more prone to actually degrading over time than even the memory chips are. So well, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I mostly collect PS2 or sealed. So probably never find right. out. My no, stuff. no, yeah, no air, no nothing. So who knows? Maybe those would be fine forever. There's yeah. no way to tell. All right. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, if, you, if you go, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you go back and try to use some of your older burn discs, 
you'll start to notice that those degraded faster because they were. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know? so CDs actually... from the late 80s, early 90s, those are starting to degrade a lot, like music CDs. So I'm, I'm still that guy who buys the dollar CDs from the thrift store and stuff because I'd rather have that than buy digital music or download bullshit. So look at you. I, You're I'm, such I'm a back guy. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this has been great. I mean, do you have any uh, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we close out? Uh, well, I used to always, thoughts? I used to always point out that um, in the NWC, the people that were better than me had the means to go to more cities. So, pound for pound, I believe maybe I was the best player <laughs> in the Ever. world, Ever. and therefore possibly the best of all time. Mm-hmm. No one ever even considers that, but I, I like to point that out. And I always wanted, I actually asked Bunny Boy, could you create a game uh, with multiple games that we've all played and make it just the hardest levels and a bunch of stuff we've never played? Because I think that's the ultimate test. It's kind of like your NWC, where they were like, oh, we're going to surprise you with something you've never, you can't practice. It's a reality show, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, uh, was fun. if there was a contest where it was like brand new game, like The Wizard, mm-hmm. um, that I would succeed at that. Now, sadly, I made those claims, you know, cockiness uh, 10 years ago, and I don't even know if I could hang now. If, if you saw me play Red Dead Redemption 2, you would laugh hysterically at how bad <laughs> my reflexes are. Like, I am so yeah. terrible at video games now. Kind of kind of getting back to that, like, all back to Jonas again. What do you think the, uh, you know, like with athletes, they start to deteriorate early 30s to mid 30s? What do you think it is with video games? When does the hand-eye coordination start to deteriorate? Because you, you have to have a high level to play that well. When does that start to go south? When do you think that is? I don't know. Well, I'm not. I'm 41, and I, I'm not at it. I think that, well, I just think it's a physical limitation. I think that uh, Jonas, in one of those uh, review videos, pointed out that Corian's a 41-year-old hyper-tapper, and he could be getting fatigued in the later rounds. Yeah. Uh, whereas jo- uh, Joseph is not. Um, and Thor, uh, if I could betray his confidence a little bit, he was actually kind of attempting to come back last year, but he started for a few weeks and he would send me like shots of him 600,000, 800,000, like getting close because he has to really warm up. Oh, yeah. And he wrote me at one point and was like, it's not coming back like it used to. Like for the movie, I asked him, "Can you please do this for the for the end of the movie?" Oh, uh, thank you for doing that. That's the that's right. the highlight of the whole thing, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of a boring ending if he didn't do that. How did uh, how did he do that with the damn wire in front of the screen? That is like my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was the ultimate handicap, right? Some dude's knocking the door. What a, what a fucking baller right there. Sorry for the cussing again, but. Somebody else did that. I think Jonas used to play with the wire in front. Oh, God. I don't know how people can do that. What if that's the I, secret? <laughs> like that's those are the two best players. Right. Throw something in front that makes you focus harder. Apparently. But yeah, uh, I think he gave it kind of a half-hearted attempt and he realized it was going to be a lot harder than the previous year if it only took him a few weeks before and uh, he just decided not to. I, Thor is an enigma. He's always going through some rough stuff. But um, so physically, I think at our, our age, 
it's getting a little rough to do fast, super fast moving stuff. But mentally, I don't think I don't see Jonas slowing down. No, he's mentally the best player, right? So I am curious about Green Tea, and I'm curious mm-hmm. about how good Joseph can be. He's I think early twenties, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think between Green Tea and Jonas, which one of those guys is going to hyper tap first? I'm going to just decide to, and then it's going to be them and Joseph for a while. Just like that's going to be the new Harry Hong. And, you and think Jonas. Jonas is in the lab sitting there hyper tapping all day trying to figure out if that's going to no, be a thing? <laughs> I've, I've tuned into Twitch. I think he, he's not doing it this year. Yeah. I think he should. Maybe he's well, doing it. You can't change your game after playing. Like, like Harry tried to go not pressing down. I think that messed with his game too much. I think he's got to go back to what got him to the dance. I, I don't think if you're that pro that you can completely change your strategy and reach the same level of success. Maybe I don't know. I'm 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 a commentator. What the hell do I know? But Harry change was from a vicious argument with me. Mm. He died uh, the year before against Matt Buko. That that, Buko that match this, was incredible. Yeah, Buko had this great advantage because Harry had died so much earlier, and Buko could kind of plan his last three Tetrises before the kill screen. And it was actually Adam that really pointed it out to me. Adam came up to me and was like, "This is like the third time Harry, I won't say probably, but maybe died because he presses down so fast. Like somebody had the opportunity to wait." And see what they needed and i was like you know what you're kind of right and i got drunk at the after party and it was like harry you need to stop pressing down like not to mention on 18 there are i averaged probably three times before transition where i see the next piece and then i can change direction but if i'm slamming down i don't oh, do that. right and that's actually kind of a big deal especially you know you're playing stack and stuff um, and so we got into an argument and it turned into this thing where like we were fighting and everybody kind of stopped talking and moved into the hall where, where we were to listen Ooh. to the conversation. And I eventually, I don't know if I convinced him, but I was like earnestly saying, I'm not insulting you. I just think it would help you. if You stop pressing down to stop giving these players advantages, especially when you're so close to Jonas and I know how much it hurts. Uh, and he told me like, okay, next year I'll try, but I'm not going to freaking play that way for 11 months. I'll try. I'll start trying a month before practice. I don't think it's enough. Right. Because you got to be, you can't change your style that short. When, when I play Dr. Mario, I, if I don't focus, I start to like daydream. If I'm, if I go on autopilot or whatever, and I got to imagine that pushing down keeps people from going into that autopilot daydream mode. Yeah, I can see that. And, and if you've been playing for that many years, you can't change it with one month to go. You got to go yeah. at least six, I would think. But I, I don't know. That's that's just an outsider commentary. I, I, I think. But you've seen so many games also where the person who is way ahead and the person like knows what they have to do. It takes a Matt Buco to actually execute and, and overtake that lead. Whereas so many times we've seen this year where the person knew what the deficit was and choked. So I think that that pressure putting that pressure on your opponent can also work. I don't think that there's a grand one way to do it strategy there. I think that pressing down, if it works for you, go with it, you know? Yeah. Well, Jonas definitely knows how. Yeah. Like when we watched it, I loved watching his commentary of the semis and uh, that's really kind of, in a way that's the only place you have to worry about. Right. Like 
when it comes down to it, yes, maybe some people choke, some people play better, but Jonas sees the advantage, yeah. knows like that thing with when he was uh, analyzing Quaid and he just saw a burn that Quaid did and he was like, if you flipped that two more, that would be a single burn. You'd still be Tetris ready. Like you don't practice enough. I was like, wow. we're listening to a fucking yeah. pro. Yeah. <laughs> when you're teaching Quaid, who's a <clears throat> phenomenal player, mm-hmm. how broad that it. was and it makes perfect sense the way he explains it. Um, so that that's the thing. I, I wasn't telling Harry advice to beat anybody else but Jonas. And Jonas knows where he is. And if he's 15, 25 lines ahead of Harry, that is an advantage that Harry should not be giving him. That was my basic point. <clears throat> maybe you just need gears. Maybe you maybe you press down and do your regular game, and then when you face a certain person, you turn it off for a round or something. You know? Yeah. I think Jonas- he's patience. I mean, Harry's kind of a headstrong, like, go-at-it yeah. guy, so... If you can slow yourself down a little bit. I mean, Jonas has the patience to not press down to level nine, as we've seen. So <laughs> That's like a different skill in itself. God right. Yeah. But, you, you, but it, that's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're not pressing down at level nine, you, just, that's, you get bored and then you, you lose your edge. And yeah. So. It's hard to say. We've seen some really weird Jonas games where it's too slow, where he lets things go nuts. Like in the movie, that one sequence where Thor was commentating about. It was pretty crazy. It, 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 it always comes back to Tetris with us, doesn't it? But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Another uh, little note, Jonas has never died pre-19, has he? As weird as his boards get, I don't think he's ever once died before the transition. I bet you not. You're probably right. Yeah. He's probably still lost in single digits, I think, even total rounds. I don't think he's even gotten to 10 losses yet. Wow. Oh, right. Yeah. It's just, oof. What a beast. What a, I, I, I'm so happy to be part of this community. I'm glad that everybody's brought me, let me in and do my little part. And so, it, you know, it, thanks. That's all I got to say. Like that, that meeting in 2011, in that stupid parking garage. And here we are today. Yeah. No kidding. Well, you guys are great, man. Got to keep awesome. it going. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I think that this has been awesome and it's uh, been good to kind of hear your side of things. And I'm sure we'll do a follow-up session at some point and kind of hit some more topics and who knows, maybe even do like some kind of a reunion thing someday, huh? Yeah. Maybe yeah, like a retro city fest, do another reunion of some more of the, of the uh, power fest and well, Nintendo world championships, power fest, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So For sure. We should play for prizes like what you got behind you. It'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> NBA <laughs> Live 96. Oh, yeah, there you go. There's a good prize. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, you awesome. don't have me on there. Is that Joseph? No, that's actually signed by um, Alexi. And, and, oh, cool. oh. Can I remember his name? What's the president of the Tetris company? Hank. Hank. Yeah. Hank Rogers. That's right. Yeah. Hank Rogers and uh, and Alexi Pesadino both signed that for me. Awesome. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. We'll play for that someday. Awesome. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Okay. Chris, thank you much. I will see everybody later. Okay, somebody link me to this so that I can watch it someday.